Hey everyone, it is James and Shanee from DeFi's. How are you hey, doing hey. today? Super excited to, to get back at it. I know we've been a little bit silent over the past uh, couple weeks and probably about a month now, but you know, uh, unfortunately, as much as I, I'm sure Shanif and I both wish, this isn't our full-time job. Um, but you know, I would be a lot of fun to be able to do this full-time. Um, but Absolutely. you know, very excited for the one today. And this is, you know, something that we've been promising ourselves that we would get up to speed on because, you know, all data kind of informs what you want to do moving forward when it comes to, you know, cryptocurrencies, blockchain, even stocks, you know, any, any data point helps inform, you know, what we're going to do moving forward. So, you know, one of the recent changes or let's say executive orders that were out of the White House uh, was the very awaited crypto regulations that everyone was kind of waiting for, you know, hopefully to make it a little bit easier for institutional investors to be able to dabble. Um, as well as just to get some clear cut, you know, look into what will it look like moving forward? Because, you know, for the most part, once regulations were talked about, um, you kind of saw big deceleration and just like adoption for uh, decentralized finance products, or maybe just the values of the tokens, which a lot of times are supposed to be stable coin based anyway. So uh, try, probably good to take some of that speculation out of the market. But, you know, Shanif, I know this is something that we're not overly versed on. So we're going to be learning about it together. Um, we're actually going through the uh, the statement released from the White House, um, but as always, you know, before we get into it, and it's definitely been a couple of weeks since I forgot to do this, make sure that you subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple, um, as well as YouTube if you want to look at our pretty faces. But um, really excited, you know, we're gonna be pumping out more content. You know, I think it's a, you know, we're on the precipice of something pretty cool, um, and I think this is more than just the bull rallies that we've seen in the past because. Gargi been in a bear market, what, twice in the past two years, in a way, you know, I, I don't know what the definition of that is in crypto, but, um, but now we're looking on the up and yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's less of the, these, uh, you know, we've been hearing about the crypto winter coming forever, you know, back to the bull run post 2020, 2021. But, you know, we haven't seen that catastrophic drop that we typically see, you know, and we talk about catastrophic drops, you know, 50% is something that yeah. we're used to these days. That is, that is something that the, the, you can stomach. It's those 70 to 80% drawdowns that are never fun. Um, but, you know, Shanif, this is, it's interesting because you know, I, I'll wait to formulate my opinion until the end, but it, this was a whole lot of nothing in my opinion. It was, yeah, you know, <laughs> I think you're right. I mean, I, I read through this briefly and we'll go through them. We'll go through this executive order uh, point by point today, but I didn't see anything here that caused me concern or that gave me too much excitement. You know, it's kind of one of those politicians, politicians way of saying, saying nothing by using tons and tons of words. Exactly. It is politics at its finest. And also it's, you know, Hey, we said we were going to come out with this. We, we procrastinated on it and we got to get something out there. So let's talk about what everyone's interested in. But, you know, the first bullet point, and, and just so everyone's aware, you know, I don't want to assume that everyone knows, you know, uh, President Biden wanted to, you know, send out some regulations just to give some more guidance to what is going to come with the industry. You know, there's something that, you know, ultimately the tide has been turning and they see blockchain and, and you know, Web3 and what you call it as a, as a big driver of innovation, you know, globally, but you can argue that within the states, we've been kind of falling behind when it came when it comes to adoption. You know, new startups that are coming in, all these startups that are getting funded, are ex-US. You know, you can say maybe Coinbase and Kraken 
are the only two that I can think of that are US based. And then obviously a lot of different other startups, but you know, they were first movers. And now, you know, you're seeing a lot of the funding going to, you know, just uh, a lot and a lot of M actually, and then Europe. I'm pretty, I'm actually a little bit disappointed that the US kind of dropped the ball on this. It's not like they actively blocked things from happening, but they haven't provided enough guidance. They've, you know, certain states like New York State is blocking crypto activity and they've been really slow on the uptake. Um, look, I get it. You want to protect, you want to protect the hen, right? That lays the golden egg, which is your existing financial ecosystem. But look, that's changing. 50 years, not going to look like it does today. You have to be on the ball. So US, not happy with you, but at least now you're starting to get things a little bit straight. And I think we're all on the same page that if US decided to do what Portugal did and allow me to sell my crypto with no capital gains, yeah, I'm all for that. So if anyone's listening to this in the government, that's my idea. Or even pay for stuff with, with crypto without having each transaction be a taxable event. Why would you yeah. even, you know, that's it's crazy that you have to do that. And, and I, I, I thought that would be bare minimum what yeah. this would uh, this executive order would have. I, that's actually the thing that, you know, I thought would be table stakes to get out because ultimately it literally makes no sense because, you know, and maybe like, you know, if I held the dollar, it's a, given that there's no borders, like I kind of understand, but I also don't at the same time because we don't know that our dollar is appreciating versus like the euro. It's just happening. So like we don't know what we're like that value we've gained until we go visit other countries and they're starting to purchase things or purchasing things in other ecosystems, but getting off track. So the first bullet here and I preliminary will say I agree with this. Uh, protect U.S. consumers, investors, and businesses. Uh, and you know, I'll read it out here just so we're all on the same yeah, page. But by, by directing the Department of the Treasury and other agency partners to assess and develop policy recommendations to address the implementation implications of the growing digital asset sector and changes in financial markets for consumers, investors, businesses, and equitable economic growth. The order also encourages regulators to ensure sufficient oversight and safeguard against any systematic financial risk posed by digital assets. I take that back. I do believe we have to protect the consumer, but this is more of a, I want to look over this and have my regulators who, and you know, no offense, a little bit dated, and I would say like regulators, um, senators, representatives, like they're not exactly digitally forward. Um, so it's, uh, I don't know, what, you, what are your thoughts on? Just like everything else we're gonna go over today, it's a, it's a lot of words to say absolutely nothing. But yeah. I think that it's like, you know, commission a government organization to look into the possible effects of creating a study that might implicate something 20 years down the line. It's like, okay, guys, you're going to study crypto. Just say you're going to study crypto and you're going to make sure nobody's going to take down your financial ecosystem. So yeah, good, fine. You know, that's fine. Like I'm, there's no objections because there's nothing to object. I think. Nothing to object. Nothing it's, just to object. Not, it's, a, it's a moot point. You know? I think some protections for consumers make sense because there are a legitimate a lot amount of scams. There's a lot of scams. Yeah, there's a lot of hacks too. And that's where, you know, I, I saw Axie Infinity got hacked uh, yesterday, a couple of days ago. And that's, you know, that's a big project. But, you know, one, one of the things that, you know, just came to mind is, you know, we need sufficient oversight to safeguard against systematic financial risk posed by digital assets. What about that same oversight when it comes to printing money at an absurd rate and, and dumping it into the economy 
and saying that there's no inflation, you know? And if you look at, and this is something that I felt for a very long time, you know, inflation hits in many different ways. One of the ways that we don't look at inflation is we weren't looking at inflation in the stock market because like, yeah, it's not a, it's not a, a, a point for our apples to apples analysis. But if you look at the amount of money that we printed, look at the pandemic alone. The stock market is up almost in lockstep, you know, with that balance sheet. So it's like, you know, yeah, you know, we weren't, you know, inflation was there. And if you weren't exposed to the stock market, you were the one getting hurt. It's totally true. Totally true. And nobody ever bothers to point that out. Nobody bothers to point out that what is it like 8% of Americans are, are the ones who hold stock, like something like 90% of people don't hold stock. This whole ecosystem, you know, it benefits people at the top. I'm not going to complain because I own stocks, but look, crypto is here. It's algorithmically, it's algorithmically generated cash. You're not going to have these crazy politicians who are subject to the whims of people going out and being able to, to impact crypto, which is what I think you're right, James. I think that you need to be able to have somebody be held accountable for the, for the, for the policies that are being put into play today, which are probably a little bit too short-term thinking, or at least they have been in the past. And I agree. And then, you know, let's say the playing devil's advocate, well, that's what gold's for, you know, but okay, boomer, like I want digital gold. I want to be able to have that at my disposal. I don't need to look at gold bricks under my bed. And, you know, I had a conversation with someone in my family. That's my uncle. He's like, oh, you should buy gold. I'm like, I will literally buy anything. So many things before I would ever buy gold. It's just like, to me, it's, it's outdated. You know, the world has changed. Like, yeah, you can use it as a form of like of bartering. But I can barter with like my house. I can barter with anything. It's like saying that it's like saying anything has a value that you can use as currency. It's again, it's used in semiconductors, but like you know, how much of it is used in semiconductors? Because if ultimately it was, then we would be losing a lot more gold in the supply than like exists already. So it's a very weird thing, but agreed. It is. It is. We oh. need an opportunity to get exposure that isn't influenced by, you know, an arbitrary body. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And, you know, this first point doesn't say much, so it's fine. Um, yeah, before we get caught up on the least important <laughs> point, which is the top. So moving on to the next one, protect U.S. and global financial stability and mitigate systematic risk. By encouraging the Financial Stability Oversight Council to identify and mitigate economy-wide, i.e. systematic Okay. Financial risk posed by digital assets and develop appropriate policy recommendations to address any regulatory gaps. So in true political fashion, we repeated ourselves in the second bullet point from the first bullet point. It's so funny. Um, again, not saying much. You got a commission or a council. Who knows what that council is? Financial Stability Oversight Council. Researching systematic risk. Look, are you guys doing this for the banks? Like, did you remember 2008? I mean, if you're doing this for crypto, I hope you're still doing it with the banks. Wells Fargo is probably still out there scamming people. So I hope you're just, you know, fine. Again, not much to object over. I actually like the fact that you're thinking about stuff that could bring down the overall economy, but don't limit it to crypto because you mm -hmm. still have banks. I mean, it doesn't make any sense if you're not talking about that 100%. too. And you know, there's obviously, uh, uh, I'm not. I'm not against. I'm not like one of those hardcore decentralists. Like I don't need everything to be decentralized because one, I truly believe it's impossible. Like there will never be a fully decentralized future because that would just mean that all governments have fallen, all borders are open, and it is society to rule society seems to fit. 
that's the only way that I see decentralization, like really fully taking off, like in a financial system. Yeah, there'll be like pockets, but you know, there's always going to, there's still no way that I know of to get money from your, like from cash, or whatever, your bank account to crypto in a decentralized way. And it never will be. So you can argue that, you know, the, the gatekeepers, the gatekeepers yeah. are Coinbase, uh, Binance, Kraken, yeah. all these different tools. There's no, uh, uh, I, I think it's an impossible problem to solve. Because how do you have it? There's no, there's no one who can touch money that can be decentralized. Like no one would get comfortable with that. Really like, if everything was decentralized, I bet you the risk to the financial economy would probably be less. But like you said, how do you, you can't do that. Um, so maybe you should start focusing on, you know, the key players. Obviously you don't want someone, you don't want some big exchange to go in and suddenly start doing fraudulent activities. So I get it. Um, I get it. I think it makes sense. Um, but I just, I wish, you know, the first two bullet points are all about risk, right? Why aren't you talking about how to, like the, the, the last couple of bullet points, I guess, are talking about how to promote it. Why aren't the first couple of bullet points about how to promote it, how to promote innovation? It's just one of those government things where big government, you know, such as life, I guess. No one wants to get into regulated industries. Like what, what see, like what entrepreneur is like, you know what, I'm super excited to get into this highly regulated industry. Like it, it literally, it hinders innovation. It, it's because like the thing is you're always fighting uphill battle as a startup. And then now you're going against yeah. the government too, who could just change their mind on like the, the snap of their fingers. I do think they can't like get, like they can't say Bitcoin is banned because you're literally telling a, you know, however many billions of dollars Coinbase is on a publicly traded stock exchange. Like, hey, we just killed your business and whoever's invested in you is going down with you. Like, I it, think it just can't. US, yeah, there's no legal standing to do that. Like we're not yeah. China or Russia, right? You can't no. just, it's like saying you can't buy chairs, right? What, yeah. Why? You know, it just doesn't make any sense. Like someone's going to bring a lawsuit. Yeah, exactly. Someone's going to bring a lawsuit and they're not going to have any legal yeah. standing. So uh, uh, that would be an interesting lawsuit because they've got all the way up to like the Supreme Court. Then you might actually get some like hardcore, like this is what it's going to be. Oh, we got um, we got a really sort of opinionated Supreme Court these days. So I'm not sure I'd want it to get to that level. But, you know, it would yeah. be interesting to see how it plays out in the courts. Yeah. Uh, all right. That is true. All right. So this is one that. Mitigate the illicit finance and national security risks posed by the illicit use of digital assets by directing an unprecedented focus of coordinated action across all relevant U.S. government agencies to mitigate these risks. It also directs agencies to work with our allies and partners to ensure international frameworks, capabilities, and partnerships are aligned and responsive to risks. Obviously, because the more bad stuff that happens, the more likely we're going to have horrible regulation. But I think and this is, you know, I think we'll touch on this again below, is that it's easier to track the money. Like, you know, how do you track like hundreds of, how do you track cash? It's impossible, but you can, but there's ways to do it. But like, they're getting this, the, the Bitcoin back from a lot of these hacks and they're doing it relatively quickly too. They are, yeah, they are. And just, and to the point we made earlier, there's no decentralized way of taking crypto and turning it into fiat. So you're always gonna, there will be a record somewhere of a coin turning into money. Um, now, is that record going to be in some unfriendly country or some unfriendly unfriendly corporation? That's a, that is a risk, and I do agree that it's good for us to try to figure out who's using this currency for illegal things. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it doesn't seem like it's a major problem right now. It, maybe it was back in 2010, 2011, but they've done a good job of reining it in so far. And also, it's you know, you have literally a digital ledger of everything that happened. 
I'm yeah. like, you know, nothing is truly anonymous. There's a way to figure out who it is. Um, and that's like, I don't have the resources to do it, but when you have a database the size of the US government, I'm sure yeah. you can figure out some pretty interesting stuff, especially how many people you go into it. So I think that's table stakes. You know, that's like 2010, 2014, like crypto, like FUD. Of yeah. like, oh, it's only going to fund illicit activities. Like, yeah, it can. But like a lot of things can. Like there's fraud going on yeah. everywhere. Wirecard, it was a public company was like fraud. It's, it's everywhere. So easy one that we can all agree upon and move on. So this is where, you know, we're on bullet point uh, four now. And we will uh, we'll post the link to the to the sheet that we're looking at and walking along with on the podcast here. And I want everyone to know that it's four because this is now where we get to promote U.S. leadership in technology and economic competitiveness to reinforce U.S. leadership in the global financial system. By directing the Department of Commerce to work across the U.S. government and establishing a framework to drive U.S. competitiveness and leadership in and leveraging of digital asset technologies, this framework will serve as a foundation for agencies and integrate this as a priority in their policy research and development, uh, and operational approach to digital assets. Shneef? Uh, you know, it's good. At least they're not saying we don't want crypto. Uh, this is like once, this is a couple of steps above that where, they say, where they're saying crypto has value. I think it gets us away, even more further away from the government banning anything, which I don't think they could do in the first place. Um, I actually think that it would be good for the government to support the development of cryptocurrency um, industries. Uh, I think something like, I don't know, grants, funds, some sort of cohesive policy to promote them is going to move the, the whole world forward. So I like it. But again, I don't think it's saying anything personally. It's like, hey, we want you all to build here. We're yeah. not going to give you anything yet. Yeah. But like, yeah. We might not screw you. We like might not pinky, screw you. Pinky swear. <laughs> that's exactly uh, what it's saying they're like we like the idea but we're not going to promise anything at the moment so it's you know and I'm, I'm in the opinion you know the u.s we're very good at a lot of things we, we pretty much are the financial like, capital of the world but you know we have we've showed that you know our greatness is in you know without that work that goes into it, that innovation. And if we like hinder innovation, you know, we're going to fall behind, you know, the, it's just like a fact. And that's my biggest worry, sorry, that's my biggest worry about this country is like people who want to keep putting in controls and regulations and stuff that's going to hinder innovation. The country's built on immigrants, innovation, technology, finance. It's just, you gotta, you gotta stay true to that. I don't think this executive order is doing any of that, but I, I just see more and more regulations coming out every day and it worries me. Yeah. And, you know, I think would be nice, never going to happen, but like a straight up, like high level framework, like, and it, ha it can be vague, like make it vague yeah. so that people can decide, you know, how yeah. much they want to tow that line and then go take what you have to do. What you have to do with that. Go, you know, sue them, you know, take lawsuits, put in regulations, but Give, give people a chance. Like it, it we need, because the thing is you can't innovate also when you know there are guardrails coming in, but there's no insight into what those guardrails are going to be. Yeah. Is it going to be just adding KYC requirements or is it going to be, well, you also have to be a regulated institution. Like it, it, there's so many ways you can run where if you're starting a business, you know, if you start a crypto bank, you can be, you could be just like deemed not feasible to run, you know, in a couple of yeah. years. So it's, 
like these decentralized, like we've talked a lot about DeFi on this uh, podcast, things that can earn you interest. Is this executive order going to touch on that? I mean, does that affect that? Like, I agree with you. A high-level framework that says, this is what we care about. Everything else, you guys are free market society. That would be great. You know, that would be great. And I don't think that this is going to lead to anything in the next couple of years. No. The government is just dragging their feet. That's fine. It's, fine. it's not Portugal where they're like, look, we're not going to tax crypto. It's not Gibraltar where they're like, okay, all of you crypto people come here and settle in and kind of we're going to do whatever we can for you. Um, and on the other hand, it's not China where they're not banning anything. So it's it's fine. It's the U.S. approach of taking things as it happens and then making the most of it and figuring out how they're going to get their money. Government's going to figure out how to get their money from all of this stuff. Even if they ban it, they're going to figure out how to get their money from it. So it's classic we'll quintessential we'll, U.S. We'll touch on that soon. Also, and I think the government kind of has an interest in it. How much Bitcoin has the government seized in the past year? Like, I would truly want to know how much Bitcoin the government is holding. And do they want to see that go down in value? Because that's valuable to them. It's just like, let's be, let's be honest here. Like, we don't want to see it. But it comes down to what's the biggest risk. It's the biggest risk to the U.S. dollar. And that's like what everyone is worried about. But like, Bitcoin is never going to be, never going to replace the U.S. dollar. And I don't truly think anyone who actually like, cares about crypto would ever say that. And you know, there's like, I'm sure Satoshi and those guys back when they created this were like, oh, we need a new currency. But look, how are you going to buy, if, uh, how are you going to buy, are you really going to buy bread with Bitcoin? We've talked about this in the past. You're not going to buy bread with Bitcoin. I'll and buy with anything. You still need it. And what's more important, you need a way to value Bitcoin. Like, how are you going to value Bitcoin if there's no dollar amount to value it with? Like, it doesn't make sense. You're going to need fiat. It's just the way that these things are going to play together is going to change in the future. It's a it's a hedge against governments. That's what it's a hedge. It's a hedge against the devaluation of your currency. That is what I like. If you use, like, it comes down to like, and that's also a risk to the U.S. dollar because if folks like in you know developing countries, you know they're expecting like economic turmoil, you know, and inflation. You know, the U.S. wants them to convert that to dollar, but yeah. it would be easier for them to convert it to BTC. So you know, we'll see. But the next point's interesting, and I agree with it, but promote equitable access to safe and affordable financial services. I think something anyone could agree upon. Yeah. By affirming the critical need for safe, affordable, and accessible financial services as a U.S. national interest, that must inform our approach to digital asset innovation, including disparate impact risks such as, or such safe access, especially important for communities that have long had insufficient access to financial services. The Secretary of the Treasury, working with all relevant agencies, will produce a report on the future of money and payment systems to include implications for economic growth, financial growth, and inclusion, national security, and the extent to which technological innovation may influence that future. Started out really good, like the the bolded part, and then was a whole lot of nothing afterwards. Totally agree. I mean, I like the fact that they're saying something about safe and affordable financial services, especially for people who are underserved. But come on, guys, like you're basically using a whole paragraph to say you're going to study this and produce a report. Yeah. And what do you what lens are you going to do that report through anyway? Like, let's be frank. Like, I want to know who is doing this report. What data are we looking at? Like, how biased is this going to be? But you think about it. Voyager has a debit card. It's USDC. Earned you 10 percent interest per year. Everyone should use that who doesn't have an investment account. If you have nothing in investments, that is dollar. You can use it, convert it to dollars. You can take it out of an ATM, but it's earning you 10%. Like that alone immediately helps out everyone who isn't invested. It, 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 and it could be it could be mandatory. Like it's not like, 
why would you ever turn down interest? Like if you're getting like, well, you're going to go to your checking account and say like, Chase, I don't want that point point zero 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 one that I get in my savings or my checking account. Like no one says no to that. And, and then it also, the money's growing. You're at least keeping up with inflation if that's the case. You know, like do, it, it just doesn't make sense. Like that should be almost like the de facto. Like, hey, this is your new bank account. Use this. You can use this debit card anywhere. Like, and that's like, that's how you start bringing people out. Because well, also then you're like, oh, I get 10% on this. And you start learning more about markets. You start like diving in more, but, you know, in a simple way. But I digress. It's, you know, Not, you hope- yeah. Another bullet point that says a lot of nothing, but at least it's trending in the right direction now. Yeah, you hope that they're starting to actually do something about this. But yep. uh, so the next point, support technological advances and ensure responsible development and use of digital assets by directing the U.S. government to take concrete steps to study and support technological advances in the responsible development, design, and implementation of digital asset systems while prioritizing privacy, security, combating illicit exploitation, and reducing negative climate impacts. Interesting. This one triggers me. It's really interesting. Support technological advances. Support technological advances twice. It's really interesting because this is saying maybe they will start to come up with grants Mm -hmm. or fundraising or at the very least friendly policies for people who are working in crypto. Yeah. Again, it's not a huge amount of anything. I hate the climate impact. That's what triggers me. Because it's, it's BS. It's BS because like, you know, everyone says, oh, the environmental impact of Bitcoin. Yeah, I get it. Like it produces way too much energy. And I, I truly love the earth and I want the earth to be a better place that can last a long time. Um, I actually, a little off topic, but the <laughs> MIT study on when they predicted the kind of the end of society as we know it yeah. is 2040. And they did. 2040? <laughs> well, yeah, when they was predicted 1986, I believe. Okay. I read deep down a rabbit. I actually started reading someone's thesis on it. Um, and they she went into the data and redid it. We were on track for two scenarios, one full of economic, like we're literally at the precipice of this model where like the data is fitting. And it's either we figure it out and stop pollution or like we're hitting economic collapse. So I was like, okay, you know, 20 years left, I could deal with that. Uh, but but it goes to the point that like obviously we got to take care of our climate but like there's two parts of that curve you know you have innovation as well and innovation is like okay when you value the exhaust of bitcoin you have to be evaluating that versus all of the negative climate implications of gold mining of the banking system like you have to put it against something like that not say well bitcoin mining takes our amount of the gdp or whatever it is the same amount as like finland one like finland produces like no carbon footprint so like like compare it against someone else and it just doesn't make sense it's, it's like a it's a cop-out because and you know proof of work is more secure than proof of stake but you know it is what it is i'm not going to let it trigger me too much but prioritizing privacy come on government wants a lens into everything that's going on in there but i do I think security never, is really yeah. important. I, I, you know i'll never believe that the government cares about privacy uh, at least not to the detriment of them knowing what they need to know about people to run their their, their operations. So. Yeah. I'm like, and obviously combating illicit exploitation, all for that. 
Like look, at how, look, at, yeah. look at the Snowden leaks. Like he showed the NSA was literally monitoring everything about everyone. Like privacy, yeah. come on, guys. Like if you're, we all know you're doing it, but just own up to it. Mm-hmm. So. And, and combating it and put uh, illicit exploitation. Like people are calling my grandma, like trying to get her to like reverse mortgage her house, all these different things. Like worry about that too. Come on. Like, you know, I'm an adult. I know when I'm looking at something in Web3, there's a good chance that it's not real. And I got to double check, see where I got to that URL and make sure like that it's real because you're going to get scanned and scans are getting really good, by the way. Like I saw a fake, a mirrored, a mirrored uh, travel website that looked good scan. Let you book everything. Yeah. Interesting. Like showed up in like Google rankings, like on the first page. (laughs) Wow. You you know, Um, you bring up an interesting point, like. Everyone I've talked to in the uh, look, I have a very small network, but the people I've talked to who are investing in crypto are very quick to say, I don't know what's going to happen. There's a big chance this could go down by 80%. They're smart, they're intelligent, they understand the risks. Most of the people who don't understand the risks haven't invested anything. I just had to get a couple of my friends to say, look, put $500 in. And so I guess my point is people are smarter today when it comes to crypto than perhaps people were about the stock market in the 20s or 10s. Now, maybe this is going to come back to bite me. Maybe I'm going to say, like, maybe there's going to be a big scam and I'm going to have to eat my words. But people are smarter today when it comes to crypto. And what that means is the government should focus on the other areas where there's a lot of risk. Now, I'm not saying they're focusing on crypto at the expense or detriment of other areas. But why would you need an executive order specifically for crypto when all this other stuff is happening? It's, It's interesting. It's interesting. This whole thing is interesting, I guess, is what I'm saying. Just like... You know, it almost seemed like it was a, I had to do this type it's thing. Kind of, yeah, they it's said. Kind of like yeah. And it's like, yeah, everyone was looking for more meat. I know that. But the last bullet point. one is really interesting, though. And this is, I have a very, very strong opinion on this. Uh, Let's hear it. It's going to be a hot take. But so the last bullet point here is explore U.S. Central Bank digital currency, CBDC, last but not least, by playing by placing urgency on research and development of potential United States CBDC, should issuance be deemed in the national interest, the order directs the U.S. government to assess the technological infrastructure and capacity needs for potential U.S. CBDC in a manner that protects Americans' interests. The order also encourages the Federal Reserve to continue its research, development, and assessment efforts for U.S. CBDC, including development of a plan for broader U.S. government action in support of their network. This effort prioritizes U.S. participation in multi-country experimentation and ensures U.S. leadership internationally to promote CBDC development that is consistent with U.S. priorities and democratic values. Why don't I go and then you can close it off? Uh, (laughs) Coming in hot. All right. So first of all, on this podcast, we've covered covered blockchains, right? We have covered extensively how they work, why they're good. And the reason they work is because they're decentralized. And there've probably been, we haven't covered sort of private blockchains for more than maybe 45 seconds on this podcast. And those 45 seconds were full of vitriol because we both hate private blockchains because it does not make any sense. Why am I talking about blockchains? Well, if you've got a central bank digital currency, why not just digitize the dollar? Why do you have to make a digital currency, a coin? And is there even value in that? I mean, most of the, you guys, I don't know if, for those of you who are listening, there's this idea of M1, M2, and M3 currency. M1 is the dollar bills that we print, and that's only like 1% of the actual US dollar amount. M2 is something else, and M3 is like digital currency. 
we have more dollars stored in banks, zeros, bits and bits and bytes, zeros and ones than actually exist on paper. This is literally a digital currency. I don't, you know, look, good for you for thinking about if you can make things more efficient government. And maybe that's hopefully where this is gonna go from the perspective of a blockchain and a technical perspective. I don't know, I've got reservations. All right, James, take it away. So to your point, like, you know, I, and I don't even know, like when we, it, there isn't even like enough physical cash to back up the amount of money in our like monetary system. It's actually, I've never, I haven't really thought about that. It's just, I guess I assumed it, but like, I never actually thought about that as a thing. So it's like a really interesting point, but like, you know, in a way, yeah, we explore a U.S. central bank digital currency. What that does is that literally creates a digital trail of everything anyone purchases and like let's say we phase out dollars like you can't do anything with it then all of a sudden there's literally like the government then not only knows everything about like you in general now they know about everything you pay money for next thing you know i'm gonna get my job stolen because the government's going to be selling alternative data on what my transactions or the you know people's transactions are you know across the country but also like you think about that there's risk that that's a public blockchain like you know then you start is that mnpi is that mnpi if you can actually see how much people are spending at certain places like if you say okay this was 50 bucks at walmart then you can start being like okay you know what i can start to predict walmart sales i can predict amazon yeah. sales expect you predict anyone's sales yeah um and then like and then like you'll get visibility into like enterprise deals because that's still got the money's got to get sent somewhere. So I want, I think there's no way for that to happen. And also I think the uproar would be just outrageous. Like if that was truly like the future of like the digital currency, like no one wants, you know, big brother always looking and like, you know, again, I have nothing to hide. You know, I'm like one of those people where, you know, I, I wish my taxes were less, but you know, I pay them. Um, but also, there is no need for the U.S. Central Bank to do it themselves. Like, that's what Terra Luna exists for. You know, they have fiat, you know, pegged fiat for most, or like they have pegged coins for like most fiat currencies. Um, so like the infrastructure, you know, we don't need to research the infrastructure. The infrastructure is already there. You have USDC. You have uh, Tether. There's so many, you know, there's so many versions of it. Like, what, what do we need, you know? And I guess like it's probably just the fact that China is coming out the digital yen. Uh, or digital one. So the US obviously has followed suit. So it, it, it's interesting. I, I think it's all like a bunch of hogwash, but yeah. you know, hopefully yeah. we don't invest too much into this because a lot of it has already been done because a lot of these companies did their own white papers and their own research, you know, when they came out with their digital currencies. And also like it already exists. I have USDC. I've held it before. Like, yeah, it's just not the US central bank digital currency. But let's for but on one hand, it would be you know, so in a way that's saying, okay, we don't need all of like any commercial bank's middle office. They don't, they're not necessary because everything is going to be automated. You know, it, I would assume it would be smart contract based. I would actually, you know what? Don't assume that would be too advanced. Um, it, it would just make things a lot more simple because like the thing that bothers me the most today is I want to take my money from my account. I want to send it somewhere from cash to crypto, place a trade that day, and then be able to move it off that same day. And that's the only the only way to do that is if something like this gets processed. 
you know, I think you've you've excited me. Actually, I'm I'm thinking about this now. It would be amazing to not have to deal with banks. Like, how great would it, like a savings and checking account, going to the bank, all this bullshit that you have to deal with with banks is so annoying. Sorry, I don't like banks as as you can probably tell. I've been um, inside a bank in so long. I, I couldn't even tell you the last time I was inside a bank. I, I don't. I haven't had a debit card in a very long time. I had to deal with yeah. I, so the idea of the of a central currency be, existing. So, for those of you who didn't listen to our previous podcast, blockchains ensure that you have the, the money that you're trying to spend. They make sure that you actually have that money, which is essentially a lot of what banks do today when you really boil, boil it down. So if you had something that doesn't require the middleman, the bank in the, in the middle to let you go out, go out and spend this money that, that you've got, there's value to that. Um, now, me being a true American, I don't know if I trust the government to do this. Um, you know, I'm, I'm probably less liberal than a lot of the folks here in New York. I'm not as conservative as, as folks in the South, so I'm somewhere in the middle. But I don't know if I'd trust the government to do this, but- I, yeah, don't, yeah. Think, I, I don't think that's like a left or right issue anymore. I think that's just a, a issue. But um, you, you bring up like a really, uh, you bring up a really good point about this and it's, you know, it'd be great. You know, it'd be great for this all to be automated. But like, how do you then exactly that point? Well, you know what? This is an environmental risk, but how about all those jobs? For people that you know are now no longer traveling to work, like do you do you calculate that net benefit, you know, to climate? You know, obviously it's really dark, and like it's not exactly the thing you want to analyze of people losing their jobs, but you have to put that into contention if you're saying the climate impact of a technology, because it's not just the impact of the technology, but what is that technology saving for us? Which I don't think people, you know, it's always, you know, it's typical news. What what's going to sell? What's going to sell quiet headlines? You know, we don't care about good news. We only care about bad news. Um, so, yeah. in total, I think this was great. It's great to know that they're thinking about this. Yeah. And we're probably not going to get the rug pulled out on us. And I, I think that yeah. that's what this was. This was that's a, probably- hey, we're not going to pull the rug on you. You can buy like Bitcoin, for example. Like you can feel comfortable owning Bitcoin. But like... And for that, I will say thank you, because it's always, you know, the just like the Fed tries to signal what they're going to do several months in advance so the market doesn't freak out. I appreciate the signaling. I just hope that the U.S. takes a more proactive, positive approach to this, because this is going to change a lot. It's going to change the world, and we don't want to be caught, you know, with our pants down. You know what they need to do? They need to first approve a spot Bitcoin ETF as a sign of goodwill to the, the crypto community. Also, a futures-based uh, Bitcoin ETF is actually significantly higher risk to the financial system because they're contracts. Um, and if something goes awry, someone could be, that could be a huge, huge, huge financial risk. So like it just is safer to have, because anything like any financial or financial contract-based ETF, sometimes they don't even track the asset. Like, uh, you know, USO, for example, the oil, uh, you know, the oil fund that most folks buy when they're trying to get exposure to oil. It's all derivatives. And if those derivatives, if the duration of the derivatives like don't line up, like you had a, a point where like oil was literally negative and it was only going up from there. And you look at the returns, you're like, wait, like this should be worth like exponentially more. And you're like losing money. It, it, you got to read the fine print. But I don't know. I think it's, you know, we're on the right traction. If, yeah. Are Listen, we happy with where we are? No. Yeah. We started off skeptical, we're ending skeptical, but at least this is saying, look, you guys don't need to worry. We're not banning crypto. We'd like the idea. Probably going to make a couple of tweaks here and there to policy, but so far it's status quo. Yeah. You know, and as long as 
the U.S. dollar doesn't go to risk. I, I, that's the thing. You know, U.S. dollar dominance is obviously the government's biggest fear. You know, it should be because, like, you know, if I'm thinking about, you, know, you think like a business owner, you don't want your, you know, you don't want your business hurt by something else coming in, and we're bigger, so we can throw our weight around. But yeah, the, I think it's we've crossed the chasm. You know, it's going to be here. You know, we live in a, a democracy. You can't just take this away from us. But also, like, I think the the amount of money and the amount of people that have money in it. You just can't just say like, hey, we're going to screw you out on that. It just it's we're past that point. But so until next time, I think, you know, we're still going to to see a lot of things. And, you know, with we, we talked about security quite a bit and there's been a couple of hacks. So it might be a good opportunity for us to kind of dive into some of those in the future. And, you know, I never want anyone to uh, to lose any money. So always be safe. You know, always check where that URL is coming from. Scammers are really, really good. And if you're on Discord, do not click any links. Just don't. <laughs> There's no reason to click a link. It, like anything that you'll read in them is like, they'll literally tell you do not click links. So uh, just a little tidbit of advice, but um, you know, before we sign off, you know, as always, we appreciate your feedback. Appreciate you subscribing, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. Let us know what you want to talk about. We're always happy to go in and um, you know, Shanif, it's always a pleasure. Likewise, man. It's great to chat until next time. Thanks, James. See you all soon. See you guys.